Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you, and this is our weekly look at the best of Jaguars broadcast and digital shows from the past week, including this week, tight end Tyler Eifert discussing his injury history. Rookie linebacker Shaq Quarterman getting love from his Jacksonville area high school. And L.A. Times reporter Sam Farmer provides an update on the state of affairs in California. Let's start this week with Monday's Ozone podcast. Each week, senior writer John Ozier has an extended visit with a special guest. And this week, it was longtime Sports Illustrated writer turned NFL Network reporter Michael Silver. During past drafts, Silver has been embedded with the Jaguars during draft weekend, getting an inside look at how the organization functions. This year, he was on the inside virtually with Dave Caldwell during round one. The conversation with Osher went through all that, of course, but it also covered the return of Caldwell and head coach Doug Marone in the first place with an ownership perspective. Maybe you guys get this, but I think those of us who were looking at this from afar may not have appreciated how important those last few games were when Minshew came back. And beating the Raiders in Oakland was not a small thing. Right. That was a huge, huge, huge game for the Oakland Raiders. They really, really wanted that for their fans and that they were abandoning. And it meant a lot to the coach and to the players. And that was a, you know, pretty impressive thing for them to do. And then to, to win again, uh, you know, at the end and to have Minshew look good. And it could have been laying down at that point. Yeah. Or even just, you know, we weren't good enough. We didn't lay down, but we weren't good enough. And I think that would have probably provoked a different type of, you know, yeah, probably change the coach too and maybe change the GM too and start over. But um, they came out of that thinking, you know what? Maybe we have something to build around here. Um, Dave Caldwell did get us to that point in 2017 where we felt like we were on the verge. Um, we, We can get rid of the players that we think are not, you know, part of the culture we want to establish. We can stockpile draft picks and cap space. And if we hit uh, in the draft and we make some smart moves and Minshew is what we think he is, um, then maybe we'll be better quicker than people think. Yeah. And, and, and Doug has proven something to us too, what we saw in 2017. So that's, that's what they're thinking. But, um, you know, I, I think they get now and probably got then, but now they get even more now that even if you're, smart and well-meaning and aggressive you don't always know and a lot of it sometimes is out of your control even if you do know so I I think if anything they've shown that they're willing to cut their losses and change course and they didn't come the fact that they didn't completely blow it up time will tell whether that was the right decision but I I I at least respect the philosophy because the easy the easiest thing to do always is to blow it up and I think that's what fans and media people gravitate toward because we get frustrated. The full podcast available on Jaguars.com or the official Jaguars podcast channels. Next week, it's a certain popular former middle linebacker scheduled to join John Osier. Let's move to Jags drive time Tuesday morning. Ashlyn Sullivan, Brian Sexton, and John Osier got into a Leonard Fournette discussion. He's entering his fourth season, and the team did not take that fifth-year option. So this is a contract season for number 27. But now that there has been news, that there's been conversations between the coaching staff and Leonard, for Dave Cowell to now come out and say all these positive things and say we're going forward, definitely seems like a talk was necessary and it was a good talk. 
I'm sure it was fine. I mean, it's it, he's under contract. Uh, there was talk that they were uh, looking to trade him during the draft. He is playing in what is clearly the final year of his deal after they didn't pick up the option. Mm-hmm. I think right now people want to make a big deal out of this because it's fifth year option time and this is what's being talked about. Brian, guys play in the last year of their deal all the time. Guys yeah. play when there's been trade talk about him all the time. He's a running back. Leonard, go run the ball. Block for Minshew when it's – you don't have to be happy. You don't have to – you know. There's so much talk with the Jan and the Leonard thing about, are they happy? Are they getting along with management? Are they going to say things on social media? Who cares? Nobody's happy, Brian. Just go play football. <laughs> are you well, happy? think about it this way. We're all yeah, miserable. I, uh, no, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying myself, right? All right. Um, Fine. You're I, the lucky one. I, I, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> um, look at it this way. He is either your best or your second best offensive player, right? Who had a thousand yards and eight touchdowns and made some big plays, but you know this guy had sixteen hundred plus yards. Now he didn't find the end zone very often, but he had what seventy six catches. I'd say Leonard Fournette was your best all around offensive player, with the idea that there are some young emerging players who you will hopefully see in twenty twenty. Well, I mean, why is it a big deal to bring back your best offensive player? <laughs> it's not. Bring him back. Let's go. Right, and whether he's happy or not, happy. Whether all that. Take he the money. still has, even if he's unhappy, which if he is, okay, that's fine. He still has major incentive to be very good this year. He's on a contract year. You think this guy's not going to be motivated? There, he will be fine. I don't think he'll be here in 2021, but right. running backs are plug and play in this league. He plays this year, goes play somebody somewhere else. They either play right, Armstead or a draft pick next year. It's fine. They won't be happy either. It'll be fine. Quick story. Uh, was walking down the hallway one day talking to Ben Coleman back in the early days, and Tom Coughlin came by and fined Ben for doing an interview outside the locker room, okay? I turned and went, whoa, well, you can't do that. I was just talking to him because he knows the rules. I said, but then he won't talk to me. You know what Tom said? Football is not a fun game. It's not a nice game. I don't want guys in that locker room comfortable, okay? Right. Football is not a game for well-adjusted men. I don't need them all to be happy. In fact, I don't want them to be. I like a little right. tense, a little edge in that locker room. That's what makes them great on Sundays. No one's happy around here, except that's SB, right. Right, John? Who cares? Happy, <laughs> happiness is overrated. Another Wednesday means another Jaguars Instagram Live interview. This week, Ashwin Sullivan caught up with rookie linebacker Shaq Quarterman, a graduate of Oakleaf High School here in Jacksonville. All right, Shaq, so we were talking right after you got drafted with Director of College Scouting, Mark Ellens, and he was telling us your leadership style in college was really unique and how it might change going into the NFL, but you're a very vocal leader. How do you foresee that maybe changing in the NFL? Well, you know, definitely going to a a great organization like the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars, my first goal is to be a leader, I mean, a servant first, you know, to show the older guys in the vest that, you know, have – earn their respect that I, I deserve to be there and I'm here for a reason, not just to fill in the spot or whatever the case may be, but to uplift the team, you know, to uh, elevate the team. Absolutely. And you are Oakleaf High School alumni in Jacksonville, hometown kid. It's almost yes, like ma'am. a storybook here in, with the draft coming back to the Jaguars. So what has been the outreach like from the high school coming back here? Oh, it's been, it's been amazing. You know, to all the guys that I played with in high school to the guys that watch me, you know, when they're in middle school at Oakley Junior High, um, the love has been 
amazing. You know, a lot of guys I get to work out with again that I haven't seen in about four to five years. And a lot of people that grew up on me, you know, my young soldiers, you know, now they call themselves grown men. But, you know, it's, it's definitely amazing getting to see, you know, uh, everything unfold the way it has. Quarterman seems full of energy, and you can see the full interviews each Wednesday on Instagram Live, and they're archived on Jaguars.com late in the week. We also heard this week from newly acquired free agent tight end Tyler Eifert in a Thursday video conference that was interrupted by his dogs getting loose and him having to chase them down. Mark Long of the Associated Press asked about playing 16 games in a season for the first time in his career last season. And the answer gave us some insight to the mindset of an athlete dealing with injuries. It was great to play all 16 games, just staying staying in that grind with the team, that that process throughout the season. You know, it's a, it's a long year and it's a grind, but uh, just to just to go through all that with the guys was was awesome. You know, I've I've had some bad luck with injuries. That was, that was my first 16 game season, which is pretty crazy. But once I once I did get through it, I'm like, I thought it was a lot easier than, you know, than I, than I expected. It's just, it's not easy, but I can't figure out why, why I had to keep getting hurt because um, it would have been nice to, to uh, play a lot more full seasons, but uh, you know, you just, you just roll with the punches. It's, it's a violent game. It's a dangerous sport. And, you know, I, I just always, try to control what I can control and give my best effort on the field and put myself in the best position to succeed. If I had a setback, then, then, then you deal with it and, and you get better and you come back the next year. So it, it, it was good to play all 16 games. So. Do you feel like it was a breakthrough for you personally, or maybe even psychology, psychologically, mentally? Every, every injury that I've had, once I get back to full, full go, it's out of my mind. I'm not even thinking about it again. You know, there's certain things that I have to do, you know, with all the injuries, you know, just to make sure my body's feeling good. And I I've learned over the years how to, how to get myself ready to play and things that I can do to help, help prevent injuries and and those types of things. But once you step on the field, I mean, there's no, there's no thinking about getting hurt or anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm balls to the wall, full go. The full visit with Eifert available on Jaguars.com. Still to come on the Jaguars broadcast week in review presented by TIAA Bank, Doug Marone challenges the entire league. And Los Angeles Times reporter Sam Farmer gives us the state of affairs in California and what it could mean for the Rams and Chargers. All that and more after these words. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com slash Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars broadcast week in review presented by TIAA Bank. Let's fast forward to the end of the week. Head coach Doug Marone held his weekly Friday video conference with the media, and the questions varied this week as always, but ESPN reporter Mike Duraco asked Marone about quarterback Josh Dobbs and his recent NASA externship, where he worked with NASA engineers on a new space launch system. Dobbs has a degree in aerospace engineering from the University of Tennessee. 
and is part of a fairly brainy quarterback room with the Jaguars. I know the Wonderlick isn't the end-all, be-all, but I think him and, and Gardner both had 40-plus on that test, so that might give you the smartest quarterback room in the league. Hey, listen, we'll challenge any team in the league, all right, to jeopardy, you know, with our quarterbacks. We feel pretty damn confident about it, but that's the problem. We're not playing, we're not playing jeopardy. We've got to make sure that, you know, that, that those things um, equal, you know, to what they do out on the field. Uh, it's funny, we have, a play, we have a guy that works here, uh, Nick Sobin. I don't know, you know, some of you guys, uh, Ashlyn knows Nick and people that work around the office. Well, I had Nick with me in, um, in New Orleans. You know, he played offensive line at Harvard. Uh, he works for our organization now. Uh, really, really bright guy. So, you know, we had him in a room and, you know, if he ever jumped offside, I'd always go, Harvard my ass. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> you know, so I think, I think, it, I think it's great. I think it's, uh, you know, great being around people like that. But, you know, when it comes to the football stuff, uh, you know, you got to be able to take that knowledge and be able to perform on the field. Archive of those calls always available on Jaguars.com. And now Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. It airs Thursday at 4 o'clock on 1010 AM in Jacksonville and the Jaguars' social media channels. Pride of the Jaguars' left tackle Tony Vaselli joined us for the first time in a few weeks. He has the Jaguars going 11-5 and this season as we went down the schedule together. But we also discussed the league as a whole and what this early season could look like. And then I would compress the when you have the non-conference games later in the season as well. And so I, I, can't, I can't see them getting rid of uh, division games. I think those will be the last to go. Uh, because of just uh, equitable, uh, making sure you have an equitable schedule because you can't, you know, the Jags can't play the Titans only once and have to, that's you right. know, other teams have to play them twice and so on and so forth. So I think that's probably the way this thing goes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I think we're playing football this fall. I'm probably heavy on the side. We'll, we'll start somewhere near on time. I don't think there'll be preseason football as we know it. Uh, maybe teams practicing together and try to control the atmosphere a little bit more. You know, but I could I can see a scenario where this thing, and I think it all depends on how the next several months go. And the NFL does have more time than anybody else, obviously, and they really set themselves up with the the contingency plans to have options. And I think it was back in 1982, I want to say, on the sh- uh, the shortened strike season, yeah, that they played 10 games, still had playoffs, still had Super Bowl, and so they have a lot of options. They, you know. And I think they can kind of see where this thing goes and see how their teams are doing and how the states and kind of what the, the state of the union is. I mean, we really don't know what's going to happen with this virus. I mean, I think that's the only thing we know. Is it going to come back? Is it going to disappear? Is the treatment going to get better? So many unknowns there, JP. So I think it's kind of a wait and see. But you can see how the NFL kind of set themselves up. Earlier in the show, we went out to Los Angeles, California to visit with L.A. Times NFL reporter Sam Farmer. Last year, Farmer won the Dick McCann Memorial Award and was honored at the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony. It's commonly referred to as the writer's wing in the Hall of Fame. He's been covering the NFL for the LA Times since 2000, for most of those years without an NFL team in the city. Now there are two teams in LA, both about to play in a new stadium this year. But with the coronavirus restrictions not easing as quickly as in some other locations, there's the possibility of no football in LA this year. 
we asked about the state of affairs on a day-to-day basis in Los Angeles and what the future could hold for the Rams and Chargers. It's starting to open a bit, it feels like. It's starting to open a little bit. You know, I'm going to play a round of golf next week. Not as My son was in Jacksonville. Certainly not as open as Jacksonville <laughs> was last week. But, you know, it's still weird. It still feels like a science fiction movie. Uh, and then you hear that L.A. health officials saying another three more months. I just don't know how the people are going to stand for that. I mean, three more months of shelter at home is is really tough. But they are opening up the beaches, and the trails are open, so, so that's good. But I just don't know if there's going to be football here in the state, and that's what I'm, I'm wondering. You know, do the Rams and Chargers play in Arizona uh, or possibly Las Vegas if – they're not allowing any sporting events in the state. You know, it's, it's it's a big mystery right now. To me, it makes more sense to go to the tried and true stadium in Arizona, uh, like the the Chargers did back in 2004. They went to it was like 2004. They went to uh, Tempe and played when there were fires in San Diego. So That's right. every NFL game, and a lot of people don't know this, but every NFL game has to have a backup stadium, uh, and so. It designated. So, you know, I think that you could, especially with the way the league built these sort of seamless escape hatches in the the schedule last week, you would be able to play those games. It wouldn't be a huge, huge deal for the players, not too much travel. And listen, if, if there aren't fans at games, what difference does it make where you play? So, so I don't think it would be an enormous inconvenience with the alternative being no NFL games. I mean, I think I think they'd certainly rather do that, have the game somewhere else. But So that's what we're looking at. You know, both uh, L.A. and Vegas are in the process of building their stadiums. Both have been slowed by the coronavirus because they'd have to, had to go with sort of skeletal staff uh, on construction. So they're not moving along at quite the clip that they wanted to. So actually, in some respects, it takes a little pressure off L.A. Uh, in particular with this $5 billion stadium. They don't have to have it done and ready by August. They can potentially take a little bit more time uh, to finish it up. Our thanks to Sam Farmer for his time this week on Jaguars Happy Hour. Coming up next week... Ian Eagle of CBS Sports and Westwood One Radio. Thanks to all our contributors this week, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and we'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast Week in Review, presented by TIAA Bank.